Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I'd like to welcome you back to the King Podcast. This is our new episode. Today, I'm going to talk about a couple of topics that have been uh, in the news or people has talked about or I've seen it online. Um, first off, I want to say thank you to the listeners that I've been getting. Um, please, please continue to spread the word about this podcast and let's make this thing grow. Um, so the first topic I want to talk about is an issue that I've been seeing on the news. Well, it's not really been on the news. The news hasn't really talked about it, but I've seen these articles online and they have been corroborated, but I'm trying to figure out what is going on in this Trump era. And what I mean by that is it's like things that people did that was racially insensitive. They find it okay, And it's now coming out in the open. For instance, for Black History Month um, in South Carolina, an elementary school took a group of fifth graders to a plantation had them pick cotton and sing slave songs. Now, my thought on that is who in their right mind, A, would sign that permission slip for their child to go to a plantation, pick cotton, and sing slave songs. But then when I watch the video and you're you're seeing these kids and they're picking the cotton and then you got the white guy that's standing off to the side that's singing the slave songs, trying to teach it to him. And then you hear the teacher in the background saying, I can't hear you sing louder. There's something wrong with that. Like, how do you find that that is appropriate? Slavery ended in 1865. And you find that it's a good way to teach kids about slavery that I'm going to take them to a plantation and have them pick cotton. That is dumb. That is the stupidest thing that I've ever in my right mind ever heard. Um, And then on top of that, the governor's wife in Virginia, which I've already had a discussion about the governor um, a few episodes back, go back and, uh, Listen to the episode about blackface, which that is what the governor did was wear blackface. Well, the governor's wife decided when a group of black students visited the governor's mansion, she decided to hand them cotton. What is it with people thinking that it's okay to hand little black kids cotton? Do they not realize what that represents i mean yes this country was built on cotton on the backs of slaves slavery ended that is that's racially not right like you don't do anything like that please like it really needs to stop like for real like me as if i was a parent and that was my kid Oh, all you know what would have broke loose because one, if I was in South Carolina, you have my child in the field picking cotton. Like, that's not right. Even even growing up where my grandmother lived down in Georgia, across the street from her house was a field that had cotton in it. 
And yeah, we were kids. We thought that was funny until my grandmother caught us picking cotton one time and she explained to us why that's not right. Why we shouldn't be doing that and the meaning behind it. And as a, if I was a parent, that is the approach that I would take. One, I'm going to the school because me and the school was about to have a discussion about this. Like there's, don't you ever in your, in your white mind, take my child to another plantation. I don't care if it's part of the history curriculum. Do not take my child to another plantation. Number two, I would educate them because they should know this. If you're a history teacher about the effects of slavery, what it did for us and how we didn't profit off of that cotton that we picked. So we worked for free in the fields. So we don't want to go back to the fields. We've already had, we've already done that. Why are you putting us back in the field to pick cotton for you again? And number three, the singing of slave songs. Like, really? That's just as bad as singing some of these nursery rhymes. If you really knew the racial background behind some of these nursery rhymes, you would stop singing them. Well, we stopped singing slave songs when we walked off the plantation. And when I say slave songs, I'm not talking about Swing Low, Sweet Chariot or Jacob's Ladder. Or songs like that. Those are old Negro spirituals. What I mean by slave songs. Are the songs that the overseer. Would teach the slaves. Like run little. Inward. That's a slave song. And they were teaching them. A slave song. That. Pretty much sounded like. Pick, pick the cotton. Fill the bag. That was a slave song. There's more to it. There's a video that goes along with it. I've seen it online. I also saw it on the Roland Martin show. And they showed the actual video, the whole video. So that whole concept is not right. There was another school that decided that it wanted to teach its kids about slavery during Black History Month. I believe this school was in Virginia and they decided to play a little game. And this game was called runaway slave. So all the black kids were the runaway slaves and all the white kids were the slave catchers. That was the game that they were playing. They said it was like tag. There's no fun in a game called runaway slave based on our history. We shouldn't be playing games like that because in all actuality, in real life, historical fact, when a slave ran away and he was caught, it wasn't just tag your it. It was you either lost a foot. If you were a man, you lost your manhood. They they chopped they chopped your penis off. Or you were killed or you were whipped. That is the concept of runaway slave that I think of when I hear that they're playing a game called 
runaway slave. Not cool. It's like during this time, some, some white people are empowered. You have the woman in Oakland calling the police on a black family that's having a barbecue in a park like everybody else. You have the girl at Yale that called the cops on the black girl that fell asleep in the common area of the dorm that she lived in. You have the woman that was up in New York that called the cops on a little nine-year-old girl that was selling water to people that was passing by. You have the, just recently you had a lady that called the cops on a dude because his dog humped her dog. Like really? People need to calm down. Because what they don't realize is things like that with calling the cops for stupid reasons and things like playing runaway slave or going to the plantation to pick cotton or handing little children cotton is not helping the situation. Like, yeah, you really want us to forget about slavery so bad that you're trying to make it a game that no. It don't it don't work like that. You know, it, it just it just don't work like that. You don't see in Germany where they're like, hey, we're going to play a game called Holocaust. No, because they know that is completely stupid. They know what the Jewish people went through during Holocaust. They're not going to play a game called Holocaust. No. And you wouldn't play that game here. I would love to see a school decide a, a not just a school but a teacher decide i'm going to play a game called holocaust and you have one group of the class be germans and the other group of the class be jews bet money that teacher not only loses her job she will probably never work again in her life and the school would probably get shut down immediately but it's okay to play runaway slave or go to a plantation to pick cotton. It's, they treat slavery different because, and, and it's something that I don't understand why. They know the history of it. They know how brutal it was. They know how violent it was. But yet today, they're making jokes out of it. So I don't understand that. I don't I don't get why they find it funny, you know, but before there was a President Trump, none of this none of this was was prevalent. None of this was more open. I think today people feel more free. Because, like Trump says, the whole world, all of America is too PC. We're too politically correct. But in my eyes, there's a difference between being politically correct and being racially sensitive. Runaway slave is racially sensitive. It has nothing to do with being politically correct. Being politically correct like anything that deals with race, especially when it's black and white, 
a lot of people say, oh, you're being politically correct. I can't be politically correct. I, I'm on PC. I should be able to say whatever I want to say, which you can. You have that right. That's why we have the First Amendment. But there's a difference between having that freedom of speech and having respect. The freedom of expression and having having respect. And playing teaching kids a game called runaway slave or taking kids to a cotton field to a plantation and having them pick cotton that has nothing to do with freedom of speech that has nothing to do with freedom freedom of expression but it has everything to do with you do not respect a certain group of people to find that that is insensitive it's got to stop. It has got to stop immediately. Now, now that we're back. Um, so the next topic I want to talk about is the Michael Jackson um, documentary that aired on HBO yesterday uh, called Leaving Neverland. And the documentary features two men who said that Michael Jackson molested them. One of them said that he was molested from the age of seven to 14. And I've been a Michael Jackson fan ever since the first time I saw Thriller. And I believe I was four at that time. So it was right around 89, um, 1990, 89, that frame. And I've always been a Michael Jackson fan. I've always heard about... Um, allegations against Michael Jackson on molesting children. Now, I'm the type of person I believe in the court of law. If you come with the, if you come with an accusation, you take it to the court of law, you provide your evidence, and then the courts will solve the problem. Even though I know that the courts don't really work in our favor when it comes to police brutality, but I still believe in the court of law. I don't believe in law being taken into individual citizens hands. I don't believe in that. I still believe in the court of law. So in 1993, uh, one of the boys, I can't remember their names. I did not personally watch the documentary, but I have done some kind of research on this topic. And one of the boys was, um, questioned on whether Michael Jackson had molested him or not. And he stated that Michael Jackson had done nothing to him. Um, this was in 1993, 94 window. And he said both children, stated that Michael Jackson never molested them, never touched them, never kissed them, never done anything inappropriate with them. Now, yes, this, the older one was 11 years old at the time that this happened. We're going to fast forward 12 years. So to 2005, the trial of Michael Jackson, this was the, the one where he stood on the car and danced and waved at the crowd and all that good stuff. Well, the kid that was questioned in 93 was put on the stand in 2005 
to give his testimony, to testify in the court of law as an adult. He's 20 at this time. He's 22. And he knows that his testimony is the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, because if not, he could face perjury charges. He gets on the stand and testifies that Michael Jackson never did anything to him as a child. That's what he said in 2005, that Michael Jackson never touched him, never kissed him, never cuddled with him, never did anything that an adult should never do with a child. Michael Jackson never did it. Those are his words. Now, in 2000. 13 he said that while looking at his own child that's when he had the epiphany michael jackson molested me okay so we'll give him that that's what nine not eight years eight years nine years something like that between the time that he testified in court and the time that he got his epiphany okay We'll give you that. But at the same time, one of them was trying to be part of the Michael Jackson Circus Olay act. He was a dancer. He learned how to dance from Michael Jackson. He wanted to be part of the the Circus Olay tour that was going to honor Michael Jackson. And the Jackson family told him no, that that he could not be a part of that. Uh, The other one decided he wanted to write a book in 2013, 2014. And he couldn't get a book deal to write this book. Uh, Both boys sued the Jackson estate and their their lawsuit was thrown out due to statute of limitations. They're fighting that right now. So with all of this information, now you have the Leaving Neverland documentary. And I've listened to the director of the documentary. He said he never could find anything to contradict the story that they're telling. But you have one of them who testified in court that said Michael Jackson didn't do it. And then 14 years later, he's saying that Michael Jackson did do it. This comes 10 years after Michael Jackson passes away. Uh, there's nothing there to cor- that that could uh, that you couldn't look into that you couldn't investigate to see if these boys were actually telling the truth. There's no evidence against what they're saying, but yet you're going to take their story and believe that this man molested them. Now, I'm not saying none of it's true or none of it's not true. I'm not saying that I'm the type of person that likes to look at facts. If you're going to give me an argument, I'm going to either find facts to corroborate what you're telling me, or I'm going to find facts to debunk what you're telling me. I can't just take their word. There's facts out there that shows that, that, that can debunk what they're saying. Your own, your own words can debunk what you're saying. Now you can say, Oh, 
you know, he was groomed by Michael Jackson to think this way. But at the same time, in 2005, he was 22 years old. At 22 years old, you know more than a child what is wrong and what is right. And if you are 22 and you hear that this man is doing something to another kid that he did to you, wouldn't you stand up and say, you know what? He did that. I'm going to protect this child because I don't want this child to go through the same experience that I went through. But yet you got on the stand and testified that Michael Jackson did not do it. So. Looking at at the facts that one. You know, your testimony Two, there are other people who have came out and said that Michael Jackson didn't do anything. One of them being an assistant who stated once that there was an allegation that Michael Jackson was taking showers with kids. And this assistant said on multiple occasions, she Michael Jackson showered alone. He never showered with kids. She didn't just say that one time. She said it multiple times. So you have this witness that is going against what you're alleging this certain person did. Number two, where were the parents? That is my question. Where were the parents? I get it. It's the late 90s, late 80s, early 90s. But at the same time, what? parent in their right mind would leave their child with a complete stranger yes i know michael jackson was famous yes i know michael jackson was on tv but you don't know him personally so what parent leaves their child with a complete stranger for a week and go home and let them stay there i don't know a parent that would do that i Unless I personally know you, I know your background, I know where you're from. If you are family or a friend, yes, I will leave my child with you. After, I wouldn't just do it like, here, take my kid and go. No, I mean, I'm still going to know a little bit about you. I wouldn't just go to a stranger that I just met and be like, hey, you want to watch my kid? Here you go. You can have him for a week. No. I'm not going to do that. That's bad parenting. So my question is, what were the parents thinking? That because it was Michael Jackson, that it was okay for your kid to stay with him for a week? That is the wrong thinking you can have. The absolute wrong thinking you can have. Because every stranger, in my eyes, if I don't personally know him, or know her has the same motive as anybody else that I don't know. If I leave my kid with a person I don't know, I'm putting my child in danger. That's, that's, I pretty much consider that child neglect. You know, I wouldn't, if I had a kid, I would not leave him with nobody but family And friends that I have known longer than two years. 
that gives me enough time to with family. I grew up with them. I know what they got in their closet. I know dirty laundry they have. With friends, two years, that gives you enough time to really get a good feel of this person. Really understand who this person really is. But just meeting them and you hang out at their house for a couple of days and then they're like, hey, like your your parents want to go to the Grand Canyon and you're sad because because you have to leave. And then this person comes in like, hey, why don't you let them stay with me for a week? I don't mind. Uh, no. Get your behind in the car. We're leaving. We'll be back. We'll come visit you later. But no, he's not staying for a week. But yet these parents allowed him to stay. Mind you, this adult has zero children at this time. It's just him in this big old house. By himself, besides assistance and people that work for him. Maybe a family member come through. Eh. But still, he has no kids. So you're going to leave your child with an adult that has no children. Already, I would consider red flags going off. But at the same time, I don't know Michael Jackson. I don't know him personally. I wish I would have had an opportunity to meet the guy because, I mean, he was a musical genius. But I don't know Michael Jackson. You didn't know Michael Jackson, but yet you felt that it was okay to leave your child with him for a week. And then if this happened with your child, Right. And your child comes to you and tells you that this person did something to you. In 2005, when you had the opportunity to speak up. You said nothing. Absolutely nothing. So in my eyes, I look at this whole leaving Neverland thing. I'm not saying that it's not true. What I'm saying is one case he settled out of court. That can mean one of two things. Either he's guilty or he just wanted this to go away because it was hurting his career. One of two things. The second trial, he was acquitted in 2005. It's just like with OJ. We pretty much have an idea. That O.J. Simpson killed Nicole Simpson. Pretty much have that idea. Everybody in America has that idea. But in a court of law, O.J. Simpson was found not guilty. So you can't say you did it because the court said he didn't. So in my eyes, he is innocent. That's why they have that, that saying, you're innocent until proven guilty. O.J. Simpson, innocent. They never found him guilty, and they probably never will because of double jeopardy. Michael Jackson, innocent until proven guilty. Well, they can't really take him back to court because uh, Michael Jackson's been dead for 10 years. That's another thing. You're bringing this up 
when this man can't defend himself. And then you don't speak to anybody in the family to defend his side of the story. All you do is take video clips of him denying child molestation. That's all you do. You don't get no other um, add-ons from the family. You just listen to these two guys and their families. That's it. That is bad journalism in my book. Because if I'm going to do any kind of documentary, I want both sides of the story. So therefore, I'm going to go to the Jackson estate, even though I know that the Jackson estate is going to defend Michael Jackson tooth and nail. I'm still giving them an opportunity to speak. But yet you're saying this is this has nothing to do with Michael Jackson. This has everything to do with these boys. But technically, it does have everything to do with Michael Jackson, because now you're going after a man who has passed away. He's been dead for 10 years. And if you're bringing this documentary up afterwards and that hurts his legacy. You're pretty much hurting his legacy. The legacy of the man that made Thriller and Bad and his philanthropy, trying to make Earth a good place, trying to get people to work together. That's the legacy you're destroying, but you're saying it has nothing to do with Michael Jackson. It has everything to do with Michael Jackson. In my opinion, I think that this documentary is a money grab. Because the documentary comes out after your lawsuit against the estate gets thrown out. Now, the director saying, oh, they're not making any money off of this. Oh, but they will. Because old dude wanted a book deal. Who's saying that he won't get that book deal now? Who's saying he's not getting paid for this? It may not come from the documentary, but it's going to come from somewhere. So I think this is a money grab. You've already testified that he never did anything. And now you want to come out and say, oh, my bad. I lied. He did do something. No, it's just like. The whole Trump and Michael Cohen thing. Nobody wants to believe Michael Cohen because he lied. Nobody wants to believe Michael Cohen because he lied to Congress. This kid lied. I'm not even calling him a kid. He's not a kid. He's a grown man. He's in his 30s, just like I am. He is a man. And at 22, he was a man who lied in the court of law. Why should I believe him now? Why, after 20 years of, of this supposed molestation happened I should believe you you got an epiphany while looking at your own kid why should I believe you why should America believe you but a lot of people are jumping on this bandwagon Oprah has pretty much disowned Michael Jackson because she's like oh this is heinous what he did and da, da, da. how do you know what he did were you there? You're taking the words of a dude that lied in court. 
that's what you're doing. And a lot of people are doing that. Me personally, I want facts. I want evidence. I want something that you can bring to the table to corroborate everything that you're saying. That's how I operate. It's just like me being a history major. Somebody's going to bring a historical argument to me. Where are your facts? What are your sources? Are they reliable sources? Can this fact be proven? Or are you just making this up? And that's how I look at it. I look at it as them just making this up. And it's wrong. If. If they're telling the truth, then yes, Michael Jackson was a monster. But at the same time, there are circumstances that is working against you as a supposed victim for 20 years you stated that this person never did anything to you you had your opportunity in court to testify that this person did something to you but yet you said he did not matter of fact you testified for him you testified for your accused molester. And I'm not saying that he wasn't messed up in the head. He wasn't groomed. I'm not saying any of that. But I've never heard of a person 20 years later testifying for the person that molested them or raped them. Never. You know what I'm saying? So. Me personally, I think this is all just somebody trying to get a check. I can't say that about the R. Kelly situation. I'm waiting for more facts. We know about the video, but he was acquitted in 2008. He was acquitted of that trial. So I can say. As of that trial, R. Kelly never did anything legally, illegally that would put him in jail. We're going to have a whole new trial. We'll see if the court convicts him. He did it. If the court didn't, if the court doesn't convict him, eh, he didn't do it. Even though evidence shows that he did, it must not have been good corroborating evidence to prove that he did it. Same with Michael Jackson. If the courts would have said Michael Jackson molested these kids, I would have been happy to see him go to jail. I would have celebrated it because it would have got another child molester off the streets. But the court said that he was acquitted, that he was not guilty because they could not find any evidence to corroborate any of these boys story. So in my book, Michael Jackson didn't do anything. And now you're trudging up the past when you had an opportunity to fix your past, but you didn't do it. So as far as I know, I'm not watching the leaving Neverland documentary. Just like I'm not, I I didn't watch the surviving R Kelly documentary. I personally think that it's, it's the same with the Bill Cosby thing. 
you're bringing up something that is decades old to bring down a person. Um, I think that, and this has nothing to do with the Me Too movement. I agree with the Me Too movement, but at the same time, I, I personally believe that the Me Too movement has a tendency of overreaching. I, that's just me. You're overreaching. And these guys are, they're applauded by the Me Too movement. But at the same time, are we getting rid of innocent until proven guilty? And it's now becoming guilty until proven innocent? That's not how the court system works. In a trial like the one that happened on 2005, which is a criminal trial. It had nothing to do with civil. With a criminal trial, you have to prove by a reasonable doubt that this event happened. The prosecution cannot prove beyond a reasonable doubt that what happened happened. They couldn't prove it. It's, now, if it was a civil case, they wouldn't have to have that burden. And that's why they went with the lawsuit, because with the lawsuit, all you have to prove, you just have to prove your case by a preponderance of the evidence, which means your evidence has to be stronger than whatever the other person is bringing. So by the preponderance of the evidence, you have to prove that Michael Jackson did it. Their lawsuit got thrown out due to um, statute of limitations. But if you look at the OJ lawsuit, the families of Nicole and of Ron Goldman was able to prove by preponderance of the evidence that OJ killed their kids. It's a lesser burden than a criminal court criminal case. Because with a criminal case, you got to make sure it's a slam dunk before you can get that conviction. They couldn't get the conviction. They missed their slam dunk. So Michael Jackson's dead and gone. Rest in peace. That's what he should be doing is resting in peace. But yet we're trudging up his past from almost 30 years ago we're bringing that back up again just to smear to smear his name you know and people are going to believe this story they're going to believe it without a shadow of a doubt that Michael Jackson did something without looking at the evidence and the evidence that they brought to court does not back up what they're accusing Michael Jackson to, of doing. But people are going to believe it. And then they're going to start pretty much erasing Michael Jackson from history. If that's the case, then we should be erasing a lot of people from history. James Brown was a woman beater. He beat every wife that he had. Should we not listen to James Brown? 
Elvis was a drug addict. Should we not listen to Elvis? Elvis was a thief. He stole music that wasn't his. Should we stop listening to him? I mean, you can go back and look at any person that was in entertainment, whether it was movies, TV, music, and you can find something in their background to prevent you from listening to their music. Now, if you do that, what do we have left to listen to? Because not everybody is clean. You just have money and is able to hide it. So are we just going to throw away everybody? And that's every genre, whether it's country, whether it's rap, whether it's pop, whether it's blues, whether it's jazz, whether it's rockabilly, whether it's rock and roll. Are we just going to throw all these people away without, without anything backing up or corroborating any allegations that was brought up against them? That's just my saying. That's my thought. That's how I'm feeling right now about the leaving doc, uh, the leaving Neverland documentary. I just feel that it's somebody trying to take an opportunity to get paid. So, um, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank you for listening. Keep listening. And we're just going to keep, keep this thing rolling, keep it growing. And I will speak to you next time.